Welcome once again to our broadcast at All Nations Church in Bedford. And wherever you're joining us from around the world, we're so glad that you are with us and we welcome you in the name of Jesus Christ. And today I want to begin by asking you to do something. We need your help. We would love you to send in a photograph of you and your family so we can put together a collection or a montage of all those who connect with us or belong to us as a family, or just even would like to um, identify with us just in solidarity as we are part of this all nations community around the world. And what we'd like to do with this is just to declare the greatness of Jesus Christ in bringing together people from every background, culture, age and stage to display that in a visual way because we think it would be such a powerful witness in these times right now. So if you can send it in electronically by email, you can even do it right now, to 3c at allnationsbedford.org, that would be amazing. And if you need help in getting a picture to us in another way, let us know and we'll seek to help you do that as best we can. These last couple of weeks have been so painful. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with so many people from different communities that have been filled with anguish, anger, distress, with many tears, with great sadness, all over the tragic and brutal death of George Floyd and the events that have come out of that. And you know, it has felt on occasions totally overwhelming. It's led to many questions. Where do we find answers to this? How do we deal with injustice? How do we bring change? Where do we get breakthrough and healing? Well, I want to read these verses to you from the book of Ephesians, chapter 2 and verses 14 to 20. Paul writes, For he, that's Jesus Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups, that's Jew and Gentile, one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And in one body, to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you're no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, his family, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. Those words have really lifted me because it says the answers to those questions are found in Jesus Christ. 
He himself is our peace and he's the hope and the healer, even in this situation. And right now, many are standing up and protesting for change and campaigning for political solutions and social reformation and economic changes and policing and legal systems to be overhauled and reformed, changes in education and so much more. And you know what? I, I want to say yes to that. I want to identify with that need to change these things. And Ginny and I have been part of events here in Bedford over these days. And it's been great to see majoritively how peaceful and how, um, how, how wonderfully united they've been in wanting to change these things. But I need to say this. If we think that change will come through those things alone, we're mistaken. Because you see, all these things, assuming it is possible to change all of them, only ever deal with that which is on the outside. If you like, deal with the overflow of racism and hatred and prejudice that comes out. They don't change the heart. And you see, where racism and bigotry and hatred come from is deep within us. The heart, the Bible says, is deceitful above all things. And any solution that stops short of changing the heart will be at best a partial and temporary solution and at the worst, no solution at all. My dear friends, my dear brothers and sisters, we need a gospel solution. We need a Jesus Christ solution because he alone has the power to make us new and change the human heart. That doesn't mean we don't work for change and reform in the systems. It just means we have a new power within that will deal a death blow to the root of such evils as racism and hatred. And that will overflow on the outside with a new way of living and loving. The Bible tells us that he, Jesus, has come near and through his personal once-for-all sacrifice upon a cross, which itself was a brutal act of execution, a total miscarriage of justice. And yet at the same time, it was God's way of bringing healing to the nations. He paid the bill for our sin and made it possible for those who will receive him and believe on his name to be changed from the inside out. This doesn't just happen. This isn't an osmosis thing. This is a faith thing. But you know, this passage also tells us that Christ and his death on the cross has done two other amazing things for us. Firstly, he has decisively destroyed the wall that separated people. Although in this passage, Paul writes of Jew and Gentile, actually the dividing wall of hostility stands as a paradigm for every separation of human beings on this planet. Male and female, young and old, black and white, rich and poor, every national prejudice and racism, every bigoted attitude and action. And this is the great news. It's all been conquered in Christ by his cross and resurrection. And my dear friends, the testimony of that 
is the church. Later in the same letter, Paul says in chapter 3 and verse 10, that the intent of God is that through the church, his wisdom, literally his multicolored wisdom, should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. In other words, we're put on display to show what he's able to do in bringing people together from every division. And we as a church, we get to live out what Christ has done. And it's to include every people group and every category. And you know, that's what we are called to be as All Nations Church. That's why we are All Nations Church. That's why our name got changed. Because we get to display what it can be, a foretaste of heaven where there will be no divisions. There will be a crowd from every place worshipping Jesus, a witness to the power and glory of Christ. But secondly, we also need to understand that through the work of Christ on the cross, we've become a brand new race of people. That's what Christians are. In Paul's context, Jews were not to become Gentiles, nor Gentiles to become Jews, but both were to become a brand new entity, a Christian people. And the two being not just unified into a hybrid of what was before, but a brand new race that supersedes everything that was before. And Paul's language in this passage says that this is a supernatural act of new creation. It says, by creating in himself one new people from the two groups, we are supernaturally created as the people of God. <laughs> Another great verse, which I love so much, 1 Peter 2, 9 says that we're a chosen people, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Note, it's not peoples, it's a people, a holy nation. Many nations, but now a holy nation. And you know what? This is the foundation of change and reform. If you get this, if you understand from the Bible what the, what the heart of God is for this, it will change your perspective on everything, not just how we do church, but how we do life. And as all nations church, we're called to this. We're called to be a demonstration of how Jesus has torn every division down and he's made us a brand new people. I'm so proud of our church. I'm so, we're not perfect. We've got many things to learn, but I love what Jesus has done. And this leads us into godly action. Give me. Just three things I want to share. The first thing that it leads us to do is that it leads us to move from just tolerating people to a place of genuine love through acceptance. In Romans chapter 15 and verse 7, it says this, Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. You see, tolerance is the aim of the world. I'll be honest with you, I don't really like that word at all. It conveys, I'll put up with you. 
I'll make do. Don't really want to. Or as a friend of mine put it, I don't really like you, but I won't kill you. As Christians, we don't just get to tolerate, we get to love. And through acceptance, through offering out the hand of peace, we get to show love to those who are different to us. Church, we just can't have good theology about this. I would imagine that every church that owns the name of Jesus would say that we need to love everybody, that we need to, to walk in harmony with others. But you know, everyone can talk a good talk here but we have to act it out in practice. And let me tell you this, good theology that is never acted out is bad theology. And we need to pray right now for the Holy Spirit to change our hearts, to deal with the bad attitudes, to repent and ask forgiveness for the hatred that sometimes comes in our hearts, for the intolerance that we do find there. We sometimes sing, break my heart, for what breaks yours. We just need to ask the Lord to break our hearts, to see people as he does. And sometimes that's hard because when people are hating you and people are abusing you and people want to belittle you, it's hard to see them as precious and valuable. But that's what Christ did. And you know what? One of the things that we need to do in this is that we need to identify with the pain of those around us. And right now we need to stand with the black community because they're hurting. And indeed, there will be other groups that we will invariably have to share their pain and, and, and stand with them too as things move forward because it's all around us. But we need to do that. And we need to go out of our way to accept and love those whom God puts in our pathway. You know, we're not accidents thrown together. Where we've been placed is just where he wants us. We've been hand-picked by the King of Kings and where we live and have our being, that's where he wants us to act and work it out. And that means, as part of this, that we have to be bridges, willing to stand over the gap and in the gap to bring people together. That's what a bridge does. It joins things that are disconnected. And another definition of a bridge is something that is stretched between two points and walked over from both ends. I tell you, I know how that feels. Because when you're called to be a bridge, sometimes you will be stretched and sometimes you will feel as though you're walked over by the people that you're trying to reach from different places. But we have to be those who help others come through cultural and racial and any other difference to a place of honouring Jesus. I just want to say this very respectfully and, and very sensitively, but that's why I actually think the fist is not a great symbol right now. I get the defiance and I get the desire to kick back against years of oppression. But Christ didn't come with a fist. He came with outstretched arms and was willing to sacrifice to bring breakthrough. And we must be willing to count the cost for this because the cost of love is sacrifice. And Jesus put it perfectly when he said, greater love has no man than this. Then he laid down his life for his friends. And you know what? Christ did it whilst we were still sinners. While we were still his enemies, he died for us. And I want to call us to be a people who grab 
this change and reach out in love and acceptance to those before us, especially those right now who are hurting. But the second thing that we need to do is that we need to move from Babel to Pentecost. Now, some of you are thinking, what are you talking about? What is that all about? Well, let me explain. In the book of Genesis at Babel, a curse was put on people for not wanting to unite around the plans and purposes of God. People were scattered into their language groups and divided from one another. But at Pentecost, something that we celebrated just a couple of Sundays ago, although we celebrated all year round because it's where we live now. But on that occasion, the Holy Spirit was poured out on all people. And part of that was to heal the curse of separation and division. Every nation under heaven was represented in Jerusalem when the Holy Spirit was poured out and God took the unique languages that were once a source of division and he made them a means of bringing praise to his name in unison and harmony. And God wants to move us from being a Babel people where we are comfortable with people just like us, staying in the same place, keeping it safe with what we know, to being a Pentecost people where we're willing to become family and community with those who naturally are different to us. That's the church. At Pentecost, the spirit undoes the confusion of Babel. And what is now created is a new community brought together in Jesus where language and culture becomes a means of bringing even greater glory to God through Jesus. That's why worship is so important. That's why we get to do this because we join together and we bring our voices in in unison and harmony to the glory of God wherever we've come from. Segregation is still the destroyer of the church. And even now, the danger is to retreat into the groups and the communities that we feel safe with. We understand why that works. We can understand why black withdraws to black and white with white and young with young and, and all the other groups that we can think of. It's kind of, you stay in your lane, I'll stay in mine. No, no. One new people means we cannot stay segregated. Revelation 7, which is the destination for us when we get to heaven, paints a picture of, of, of every tongue, tribe and nation before the throne praising God. And it won't be segregated. It won't be the blacks over there. It won't be the whites there or the Asians there or the Latinos in their own groups. We will be so lost in wonder, love and praise of Jesus that we'll be all blended and uniquely contributing, but in harmony together before the throne of God. And church, we need to start getting ready for that right now. And I just want to say to you, even this week, I know it's hard in lockdown. Why don't you connect with somebody who's different to you? Phone them up. Have a chat. Talk about these issues. We need to move out of our safety zones and our comfort zones into the zones of healing and breakthrough. And finally, we need to move to being Christ-cultured from my-cultured. One new people is marked out 
by unity and diversity. It's not about sameness and blandness, but neither is it just chaotic color with no order and structure. It is submitting all that we are under Christ, even our God-given backgrounds and cultures, and letting him lead us forward. It means celebrating the differences that we are because he's made us different. Hallelujah, I'm so glad we're different, that there's different colours, there's different ways of expressing things. But we do it in unity, blending the voices in harmony, displaying the multicolored creativity and wisdom of our Heavenly Father in the way that we live life. Listen, my friends, none of us can choose our heritage or history. But in Christ, we can choose our future and our inheritance. And I want to encourage us to choose a future that is full of the colour and the, 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 the uniqueness of every heritage, every background, but submitted under Christ. And that means that there will be times when our culture will have to submit to the bigger culture of the kingdom. Listen, every culture is made up of the good, the bad, and the ugly. There's great things that we need to celebrate, but there's also things in there that need to come under the authority of Christ and some things that need to blatantly just change because they're wrong. And my old identity will need to yield for the sake of Jesus. You see, if I'm a new race, a new a new identity in Christ, that's my prime identity. And I, I just want to ask you a question right now. What's your prime identity? You see, we, we, we have heritage, we have history, but our new identity is in Christ. And that's where it has to submit. And therefore, being a kingdom people means this, that my brother and sister is actually more important than my opinion or my preference. It means that the mission of Jesus, that what we get to do in filling the whole earth with his glory is even more important than my opinion and my preference. And actually, filling the whole earth with his glory will also mean tackling the things that we've just been talking about, racism and injustice. That's what it means to be willing to deny self and to take up our cross and follow Jesus. And right now, I wish we could do this more physically. We need to take each other by the hand and stand together. And we need to do it with all the different colors, all the different expressions that we are. All Nations Church, I love the diversity. I love who we are. I love the journey that Christ has taken us on over these 15 or so years to be this amazing new family. I also am so proud of what we've been able to accomplish. I wanna say, don't let this right now pull us apart. Let this be a point where we arise and shine and let the glory of Jesus come out of us in a way that just reveals to the world what he can do right now. I want us to learn from one another. I want us to talk with one another. I want us to dialogue with one another. Please don't do it in an unhelpful way on social media. Please don't have these rants in, in a way that is gonna be destructive, but let's talk. Let's get together, let's share these things, let's be willing to, to do this. I just wanna encourage us just as I wrap up, and we're gonna pray some ways forward. Please, you need to pray. Prayer is not just um, an excuse for inactivity, it is the action that actually fuels action. I wanna encourage us to pray. Come and join us for prayer, come and pray into these things. I want to encourage us to do a second thing, get informed. 
Don't be ignorant. I want to say especially to those of us who've never read about things like black history or know anything about the cultures around us, get informed. But that's true for all of us. We need to get informed about what's going on. Get a full picture. Don't stay ignorant. Don't, don't just get shaped by the sound bites that we get in the media, which is so unhelpful. Get informed. If you need some books to read, I can tell you. I can share with you. Come and contact me. Thirdly, be a bridge. I've always said this, stretch out. Speak up, you know, wherever you are, when you see these things, speak up against them. Defend those who can't defend themselves. I want to encourage you, be courageous, be a bridge. Be willing to stand up, be stretched, walked over, but do it for Christ. And I want to encourage you to connect, even this week, with somebody different to you and share the love of Jesus to them, however that looks. Praise God for what he has achieved with us as a church. Thank you for going on the journey with us. It's great to see so many people who have got this and are, yes, imperfectly um, bringing it out at the moment, but we are growing more and more. And thank you for the courage of letting that turn upside down some familiar things for us as a church. But church, it's our time to arise. I just want to finish with these words from Isaiah 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory peers over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. All nations, this is our time to shine for his glory. Amen. Holy Spirit, break down our walls. Holy Spirit, break in and change our hearts. Bring healing to the nations. Bring change in our society. And let your church reveal your glory in every way. Amen.